What's up, everybody? It's Brad and Andrew from Auto Off Topic. The coloring contest is back and now much improved thanks to super listener Frank Eck. The contest is simple. Complete one of the pages of the coloring book found on our Facebook page or the Auto Off Topic coloring contest Facebook page in any of two mediums. Digital, using any computer program, or analog, be it colored pencil, marker, crayon, watercolor, however you choose. One entry counted per medium per person. Each individual can have a total of two entries, one per format. There will also be two age groups, age 15 and below, and ages 16 on up. Links to the coloring book pages can be found on our Facebook page and the Facebook page for the coloring contest. Electronic entries, including scanned entries, can be sent to us via email, autooftopicpodcast at gmail.com. Paper copies can be sent by snail mail to Auto Off Topic Podcast Contest, 83 Lakeshore Drive, Georgetown, Massachusetts, 01833. Note, all hard copies received will not be returned, period. The contest runs through November 30th. The companies and owners groups donating prizes are Mitsubishi Motors North America, Adventure Driven Design, Forced Performance, Palladian Trucks, Northeast Mitsubishi 4x4, Mitsubishi Montero Owners Group of the USA, Florida Mitsubishi 4x4, and Mitsu Nation Facebook Group. Please enjoy this free contest, and don't forget, entries must be postmarked by November 30th, 2017. Good luck. Welcome to episode 54 of Auto Off Topic. I'm Brad. And I'm Andrew. Uh, Ken is going to join us uh, just for a short time. We're going to do a couple listener questions... Yeah, we put the listener question up, but we kind of buried it with other posts today. So, actually, we didn't get too much response today, unfortunately. Yeah. But we appreciate the response we did get. Um, so, we can start with a couple of questions because Ken has to leave. Uh, and we specifically said Ken was going to be here for questions. So, we have a couple of Ken questions to ask, correct? That's right. All right. So, welcome back, Ken. Hello. It's been a long time. Oh, no, it's been a long Haven't time. Haven't been sitting here the whole time, I swear. Yep. Haven't been sitting here. Uh, so actually, we're going to jump right into listener questions, Yep. and then we'll get back to our project car updates after Ken departs. Yes. Unless Ken wants to give us a project car update in his bus real quick. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. So we should actually start with that. All right. Just because we're, we're going we're gonna to confuse our regular listeners by messing the order of the show up tonight. We're just to change it up. in here. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So that's all right. No, listen, <laughs> you came down at all, and you sat through a whole episode already. This so is a little off topic. So yeah. we're going to go off topic about cars, so we're not really going off topic. Um... <laughs> You have a project car, a perennial perennial project car. It's it, always going on. It's a project forever. Yes, which most project cars are, yep. if you really want to get fair about mm-hmm. it. So it is a, as we discussed last episode, a 1978 Volkswagen bus. Yes. Champagne edition, originally brown with multicolored brown stripes, brown interior. Brown on top, different brown Br- on the bottom. All browns. Three brown stripes, brown interior. Uh, and as we discussed, it was the only Volkswagen bus to come with intermittent wipers intermittent wipers so, yeah so what is your current project on that bus not the subaru swap that you're planning for the future what are you actually currently doing on that bus well today i spent all day drilling holes in my roof to uh match the rust holes in the floor no no oh, okay. no Just these checking. are these are nice fresh <laughs> clean holes uh probably about 150 of them because i've been grafting a uh, a two-foot tall fiberglass high top roof to my bus it previously had a pop top which had canvas in it and allowed me to stand up but uh since i'm on the road all the time it would be much nicer to have uh, some storage so last weekend um my friend and i went up to a mystery secret junkyard 
way up in the top of uh, New Hampshire and pulled the high top off of a 68 bus and now it's going on my bus today. I Were these aftermarket tops? Yes. No, no. Um, really? They were, uh, there's a, dozens and dozens of companies. Most people know Westphalia as yep. the uh, conversion company for Volkswagens. But you could buy a Volkswagen made, uh, converted by dozens and dozens and dozens. I mean, just in the United States, there were dozens of them. In England, they had bunches of them. In Germany, they had bunches of them. Huh. Um, but in the United States, um, there's a number of camper companies. Previously, the uh, pop top that I had on my bus was made by a company called uh, Sportsmobile, which is still in business. They mm-hmm. do, yeah, they do camper trailers and stuff still. Yeah. Well, they do uh, oh, like four-wheel line vans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ford yeah, they and Chevy. They, yeah. they do the four-wheel drive conversion, and then they do the full camper conversion. Okay. And uh, so I had that pop top on my bus, um, which was from 1968. So it was one of the very first converted vehicles that they would have done. But now uh, the top that I have is by a company called Adventure Wagon, um, which was uh, started, you know, in in the late 60s. So this was one of the first ones that they did. This is also a 68. Um, And uh, they continued all the way up through the 80s um, doing Vanigans. Uh, and they did, I, I think they did a number of other vehicles, but their their main thing was doing high tops. So okay. you could stand up in them going down the road at 60 miles an hour. You could stand up and do whatever you need to do. Provided you weren't driving. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to be the passenger <laughs> to be standing up. You couldn't be the driver standing up. It's an up. interesting design, I noticed. It has, like, it's rounded in the front, probably, presumably aerodynamics, and to fit the round front of the Beetle, of the Beetle, excuse me, the bus. Yeah. But the back of it, it almost looks like a boat deck. Yeah, yeah, it's a luggage area. I'm probably going to make it into some sort of bike rack. But uh, Adventure Wagon actually offered a number of different types of tops. The yeah. one with the little notch out of the back with the like the, uh, the which roof is the rack, one you have. which is one I have, yeah. is the very earliest one. Um, through the 70s, they uh, they eventually made it like a full length top, so you had no notch in the back. It was okay. just full two foot front to back. In the late 70s, uh, they actually put a bed up there. And uh, the one, if if my bus, my 78 bus, came as an adventure wagon from the beginning, mm-hmm. it would have had a uh, a very tall top with, like, a little notch that sticks out and overlooks the back hatch. Um, but that would have had a whole bed up there. You'd stand up the whole room. But uh, there's not very many of them floating around. Hard mm-hmm. to find. So. so what's one of these tops? Not what did you pay for it, but at average, what's one of those tops worth? Is it a, you know, a $500 part, a thousand dollar part, a $2,000 part, if you find a nice one, or is it more just up to the seller? Well, a lot of people make them aftermarket right now. Um, you can buy brand new ones. You can buy brand new ones. Oh, okay. Um, there's, uh, mostly for the Vanagon community, but you can buy them new for bay windows and stuff too. They tend to run about $2,500 if you to buy them brand new. Okay. Obviously, if you go to uh, Secretive Junkyard and you pull it out of there, you don't pay $2,000. Yeah, exactly. You pay a lot less than that. <laughs> you got to be resourceful. Neat. All right. That's pretty neat. That's really neat. I uh, I can't wait to see it all done. Yeah. I can't wait to stand I'll up. I'll tell you the bus. anxiety I've had drilling 150 holes into my roof. Yeah, I have anxiety <laughs> dr- drilling one hole in a piece of sheet metal, let yep. alone 150 of them, so... I, I feel you, basically, well, on that. before the sportsmobile, or the adventure wagon top that I'm putting on now, when I went to go put the sportsmobile top, I had to cut a four-foot hole yeah, in I the center of my too. roof. Yeah. That was a little more anxiety-inducing than this was, but, you know. Well, at least my, my roof is done now. I can't yeah, be a hard trash. top ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to grab have the to whole buy roof on. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. Cause I've, I've spent some time sitting in your bus. 
Yeah, you have. I got a picture of you sitting there, actually. Oh, excellent. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yep, yep. Um, and the last thing I thought it needed was more space, but I can imagine more space being nice. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see this all done, and we'll yeah. have to replicate that night of sitting in the bus. Yeah, it'll be good. I've got a much better time. side tent now. The plastic tarp situation that we had then is... No, uh, no, no. I've is... got a, a nice side tent. Now. All right, excellent. It's got screens and like a little sitting area and a zipper door and... It's a dome top. It's it's really nice. Well, maybe we'll have to spend some time hanging out in the bus this weekend if you want to be out in the boat. So. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right, cool. I'm down with that. I'll, so, br- I'll, br- I'll bring some more vice beer. Hey, I'll take that. <laughs> we'll do uh, Jeremy Nutt has a question. Yeah, we're going to jump to our listener question yep. that happens to be for Ken. Yep. And he asks, does Ken think anybody has ever owned an air-cooled VW, sold it, and never bought another one? Or are air-cooled Volkswagen something that become part of your bloodline once you own one? Uh, that depends entirely uh, on the person, I guess. My, uh, I've got a friend who just keeps buying them over and over and over and over again. It's just his name is Ken. Oh, I mean, no, no, not Ken. His name is Jeff. <laughs> um, but Jeff, Jeff buys them and he keeps buying them, and uh, he never really gets very far with them. But he, he ends up selling them. Um, so he he he's searching for something. He keeps buying them all the time. On the other hand, chasing that dream. Yeah, chasing the the bus dream. On the other hand, you have my uh, my mother in law wonderful woman that she is she does not like air cool volkswagens she had one when she used to commute to yukon down in connecticut when she was going to college many many years ago yeah and uh she had one air cool volkswagen and that was enough for her that sounds like more of a bad experience than a yeah well she she bought it because she needed a car and uh it it had an engine and wheels and a steering wheel and it got her from point a to point b most of the time but it had big holes in the floor and it was cold and drafty and unreliable so you know if you get one of them you're probably not in if you don't want to fix it all the time yeah you're in it for the convenience cheap basic convenience of it it's like somebody buying a hyundai used hyundai now exactly yep i mean they were at at the time i'm sure i mean beetles were everywhere yeah yeah, it's just a car car. yeah a couple hundred bucks 50 bucks you get a car i know my mom had one and she's constantly talking about getting uh she wants a a cabriolet so oh yeah a beetle or or rabbit beetle yeah just just ready. to drive it around, so well, yeah. there's, there's two of them right around the corner from here <laughs> at Bob's house. Um, but uh, soon to be for sale because uh, we'll have to talk talk to your mom about that one yeah. for sure. They might be. I know he wants to thin out the herd a little bit. He's trying to get rid of the '74 Super first, though. But um, yeah, I think that uh, you know, if if you're buying a car nowadays and you buy a Volkswagen, you kind of have an understanding that they're going to be a pain in your butt. Yeah. You know, a lot of times. Um, and uh, I don't know. You know, some people really like them. Some people try them and they don't. You know. Cool. I don't think we have any more questions for Ken. No, no. no my dad just commented that because he knows you. He just, he, he saw some VW camper bus for sale on a back road in New Hampshire and he thought mm-hmm. of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he can tell you where it well, is. That's what we're talking about. When you become the bus guy, you're the bus guy. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll tell you how many hundreds I'll of let... old Volkswagens I know about that I just got to go get. I'll you let... said you had room in your driveway, right, Brad? I mean, not really my driveway, but in my side yard. Side yard, backyard. If, if you it's wanted okay. to put one car there, um, we could work something out where you could help me find one too and we could make it happen. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah don't so. Don't tell my wife. Don't, don't don't tell Andrew. No, don't tell Andrew. Yeah. Don't tell my wife, Jessica. Don't tell a few of our other friends that give me crap already for having too many cars. Yeah. 
they still understand, man. They don't get it. Yeah, you know, I love looking at broken cars in my backyard. It's Honestly, great. I really do. <laughs> I, it's it's cathartic to me to walk outside and be like, "Yeah, those are mine." Nobody else would want them. That's why they're mine. Yep, yep they're but yours. You know what? Gears for now. Sure. <laughs> I, I like it. I can sit in it. Whatever. Big room room noises. But we're gonna take a quick break because Ken has to leave. Um, I wanted to do another quick plug for Ken's business is um, at Painted Bus on Instagram. That's right. Yep. Uh, Painted Bus Artworks on Facebook. It's just Painted Bus. Just Painted Facebook. Bus. Yeah. Okay. So is your Flickr account Painted Bus Artworks? I've seen it somewhere. I don't know what it is. My my official business name is Painted, Painted Bus, Bus Artworks. Yeah. But uh, on Facebook, it's Painted Bus. On Instagram, it's at Painted Bus. So if you want a mural painted or a bus painted or some signage done, get in contact with him, and uh, he won't let you down. Or your air-cooled Volkswagen worked on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or your local and want your air-cooled VW worked on. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. certainly the guy to talk to. Um, and he's a genuinely nice guy, and he'll at least talk to you. I'll try. Point you in the right direction. <laughs> Yep. So, again, thanks for coming, Ken. We appreciate We'd, you being here. Hey, We'd love to have me. you on again. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe after the uh, Subaru swap. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dig into that. I Actually, that. you know what would be really cool is to do a mobile podcast from inside a Volkswagen bus with the Volkswagen or, bus engine sounds running in the background. I was going to say, you're not going to hear anything, Brad. No, just we will. hear if the have, engine the whole time. If we <laughs> set it up right. If we set it up right, we could do it. Or we could just sit in it. Yeah, you sit in it. We could have mobile. That's, yeah, I guess. Booth. I'll just pull my bus over here next to the driveway. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So we could go on location somewhere. That's, yeah. that's the way to do it. Sounds good. All Maybe right. I do need a bus. Yeah. Mobile podcast studio. Yeah, there you go. That works. All right. We'll All let right. you go, Ken. We'll take a quick right, break. Thanks, thanks for having, having me here. All right. And we're, yeah, back. we're back after saying goodbye to our guest. What are we drinking tonight? Vice, um, Vice Bia? Vice Bia. B-I-E-R, of course, the... German spelling of beer, I think. Fort Hill Brewery and this incredibly Miami Vice artwork on the can. Yeah, that's why I bought it. I was in a liquor store looking for something interesting. Um, and I bought this basically entirely on the artwork because it, Andrew is very um, interested in all things 80s. I love Miami um, Vice. He loves Miami Vice. And it's a very um, Crockett-looking character in a white sport coat. Driving a convertible of unknown origin. It's a uh, it's a Radwood beer. It's definitely it's definitely a Radwood beer. So actually, we should take a picture of this beer and put it on the Radwood page. Yep, from the Auto Off Topic page. So uh, for those of you on the West Coast, there's a Radwood two. We'll, we'll electric, plug it now. Electric Bugaloo. Yeah, it's going to happen uh, December second at the Phoenix Club. I'm doing this all off the top of my head too. I remember. That's right. I'm pulling it Los right Angeles. So if you're in that area, bring out your 80s and 90s cars and your 80s and 90s clothing, and you should go hang out with those guys because it is a pretty cool-looking show. The one they did in June was really cool, and that was in the San Diego, in the San Francisco area, and now they're going to do it in L.A. Is it in so, L.A.? I thought it was a different town. No, it's in L.A. The Phoenix Club. It's too... They are actually, uh, Jalopnik is the title sponsor, which is pretty cool. And they're um, coinciding it with the L.A. Auto Show. Yeah, Anaheim, which I think is L.A. It's L.A. area. Yeah, I don't really know. It's like when you you can just say Boston around here. Right, even though I'm in Boston. Yeah, because we're like 20 minutes from Boston, but you just say Boston. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome show. Boston. The, the, the first one was pretty awesome. I mean, we weren't there, but the pictures were awesome, and the stories we yeah. heard from people we know were awesome. So. Um, 
and it looks like a really good time. And if we were closer, we would definitely go because we're not very close, and we ran the numbers. <laughs> we're just unfortunately uh, not going to make it. I just it. don't. Maybe if I was a little younger, I'd, I'd cannonball it. I just. Uh... No, I don't mean cannonball it out there. I mean just to fly out and enjoy the weekend. Yeah. I mean, just... I'm, 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 I'm on the fence. The thing I'm is, not... if I want to go, I really want to bring a car. And I don't want to rent something off Turo. No, I would just go and enjoy. I'd take a ride in with somebody we know who's going because we sure we certainly sure. make it happen. We know enough people going to the show, um, but there's yeah. some inexpensive JetBlue vacations. I was looking. I'm, I'm still on the fence. We can still talk about it later. We're not. I'm not 100 percent out yet. Let's put it that way. We'll see. All depends on. All depends on the next couple of weeks' financial situations and things changing. Let's uh, finish up our listener questions, and then we'll go back and do some project, cover- sure, project updates. Sure, we had those questions with Ken. That yep. question is gone. So now we move on to our own questions. So we'll do – Jeremy Nutt has another question, and he says, I recently discovered a bizarre factory option on my 72 uh, Lama, Lamans. Lemans. Lemans project that I had never seen before. Tell Lema- us a- Lemans, Lemon. So he wants us to tell – Tell him about some weird car options that you've unexpectedly come across. I wish that he had expanded that and let us know what, I know. I the, know what the weird, thing weird is. option is on his 72 Le Mans. So hopefully he'll listen and let us know. Um, I have a great story for this question, actually. Yeah. 1985. Yeah. Toyota Cressida. Oh, yes. It had a trip computer. I know where this is going. Yeah. This is a good one. It had a trip computer. And the other trip computer in 1985 was a little rudimentary. Um, it had a distance till empty. It had, excuse me, it had a distance to empty. It had miles traveled and it had a timer, um, to let you know how long you were driving the car for. Um, but it also said birthday. And I thought that, I don't don't know what that means, but I put in my birthday (laughs) just because it said birthday. So I was like, all right, 518, that's my birthday. So I didn't think about it at all after I put it in. And then, lo and behold, on 518, my birthday, I went out to get in the car to drive to work. And the second I put the key to the on position, the car started playing a digitized version of Happy Birthday through a completely separate speaker unrelated to the radio under the dashboard. Like a trip computer speaker? That's so strange. But it didn't make any other noises. The only purpose of this speaker was to play Happy Birthday on your birthday. So was just, he put the key and was like, I was like, what is this? And then I remembered that back when I got the car in like February, I had put that birth date in the thing and just totally forgot about it. So they went so far as to engineer a happy birthday song, an individual speaker into the dashboard of a Toyota Cressida in 1985. The one thing I don't know for sure, it may have been the same speakers at the door chime, but nonetheless, it was there. And it played happy birthday to me on my birthday. So the first person that said happy birthday to me in like 2003 was my 1985 Toyota Cressida. <laughs> All right. So I had a special bond with that car from that point forward, right up until the day I sold it to the scrapyard. <laughs> Did you um, put the next day's date in to see if it would do it again? Uh, I mean, I assumed it would. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, it made sense of why it did it because it showed on the screen, it showed the birthday. It showed 518, Weird. and it played Happy Birthday the whole time. So it only did it the first time I started the car up that day. It didn't do it every time I started the car Imagine up. the salesman. And here, folks, this is where you put your birthday in. Right. So the car will sing to you on your birthday morning. 
mind blown, basically, is what happened that day. I can't think of anything that was kind of weird, like weird that I've come across. Well, your Galant has that cool switchable color gauge cluster. Oh, yeah. That is a weird thing. Yeah. Because on a Galant VR4, so people who own these or have been in these will know this, there is a button on the cluster that says color change, and you're like, what is that for? So I'm going to press it. Right. So you press it, and it switches it from green to orange. Yeah. For some reason. Which is strange because the rest of the dashboard is orange. Nope, it remains green. Oh, uh, green, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, the reason I think it may have been that way is for people who were serial Mitsubishi buyers because they were changing it to green, but they've been orange for so long that maybe they were just trying to keep people comfortable. I don't know. They were orange. They're orange in my first-gen Talon. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. orange in my all of my Starions, the Raider. Um, yeah, the Montero. Everything they're orange in, except well, the Sapporo they're not because I have the the digital. digital cluster, which is mostly green. But the non-digital cluster Snarians have orange. So, I mean, Mighty Maxes are orange. It's just a weird, a weird thing to change from green to orange. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess that's probably the weirdest. Doesn't quite trump happy birthday, but... It's definitely a strange option to engineer into a car for any reason whatsoever. Now, cars like the new Mustang, or when the Mustang was the first retro Mustang, what was that, 05? Yep. Or 04, whatever year it was. They had like an infinite color change on their clusters. It was like a a dial you turned, and it went from, you know, the red, green, blue stages. You could change the colors on those. Huh. Yeah. But that was like a gimmick that made sense. But this two-color change doesn't really make much sense. Nope. I don't know. Makes about as much sense as a happy birthday speaker in a Cressida. Yeah. Uh, going back to that Cressida, I didn't realize how rare the option package was when I had it. I mean, the car was pretty rotted, so I'm not, like, upset that I junked it. Um, but I wish I had kept that those specific parts for it. Huh. Because it was pretty rare to have the trip computer and the digital cluster and a cloth interior and all that stuff, hmm. which that car had. And I'll probably never find it again, which makes me sad because now I want it back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, it's, there's two cars that I really want back. I want the Cressida back, and I want the first-gen Talon back. Everything else is whatever. All right. All right. So uh, Jeremy has one final question. Yep. It says, when is Brad going to sell some of his vehicles and build a Baja Beetle? What is this sell word? We're just going to add a beetle to the... to the Yeah, at this point, right? Yeah. Just add a beetle in. It doesn't matter anymore. Jeremy, eventually, as we talked about with Ken in the last episode, yeah. I really want to do like a car guy thing is to drive a beetle year-round, and a Baja beetle be a way to do it. And Ken was like, I've already done that, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Get real. <laughs> All right, next question is from Steve Booten. Yep. Uh, would Auto Off Topic ever be interested in hosting a road rally? New England offers some awesome driving roads, despite what the Californians think. Uh, yes, 150,000%. We have talked about it. Yes. Uh, I guess I can give away the name, because if you steal it. No. I Should I say the name? Well, well, okay. We have to preface it first, because people are going to go immediately, like, gross. What? I was going to call it the, the Nor'easter Rally. Oh, never mind. I was thinking of the one that we've talked about with Jeremy and uh, with Jordan in the past. No. Okay. Never mind. No, no. Okay. The Nor'easter Rally is good. No. Nor'easter <laughs> Nor, Nor would be like a, a 
to say touring rally. Yeah. No, no points, no anything. Nope, just nope. just kind of on along the lines of what Driving Well Awesome does with their Coastal Range Rally. Or any of those like um, Motherload. The Motherload 400. Like fault Line. Yep, the Fault Line, the Snowball Rally. Yep. All of those ones. Which are, those are all classic car rallies. Similar. They're, I would do a, a retro car, vintage car. Yeah, we wouldn't do quite as old as them, though. Cut off a, like a... 95. 95, yeah. yeah. Those anything are, anything from from anything to 95. Correct. And continuation cars. So like if you have a you know a second-gen Eclipse, it's 99. Yeah. You can bring it because they made that car 95. Yeah. That kind of, here, here we are making rules for an event that doesn't happen yet. <laughs> but what I would like to do is I, I would, would like, like to participate in another rallies, other rallies first to get a better concept of how it works. Uh, and Steve, if you're really interested and you want to help us out with planning one, we can certainly talk about that at a future date. I would definitely want stuff to be more on the vintage or retro. Like, oh, I, I pre- much prefer that. Yes, I, you know, I get that. You know, supercars are cool and all, but I don't want to hang out with a bunch of supercars. That's not the point. Which, actually, if you listen to Driving Well Awesome, yeah. another podcast that we can plug because they've plugged us. Yeah. Um, they have the same thoughts with their rally, and the last rally they had, they had a lot of supercars. And the next time they're having a rally, they're like, we're going to, like, kind of not have so many modern cars. Because there are a couple of reasons. A, they're not as visually interesting to people who are into old cars. And B, when those cars are out having a spirited drive, they're breaking a lot of laws. Whereas if you or I are out in a mid-70s Colt or an MG or a Beetle or whatever... An old air-cooled Porsche. You're basically at the speed Porsche. limit. <laughs> You're out having a good time at the speed limit. Exactly. Um, plus, it's just there are plenty of events for new cars. Yeah. Yeah, we want to make a special event. There are a few events around here that are like that. There's a few new car ones. And there's a couple of old car events, but they're mark-specific or country-specific. Like, there's a British reliability run. Um, I want something that's a little more all-encompassing. The other issue sometimes I feel like they can be a bit snooty. I don't mind being a bit snooty because we're already excluding some people by saying no supercars. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I don't want to have like this incredibly steep entry fee. And no, 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 no. I'm not looking for anything like that at all. Just enough to cover costs of the event. Yes. Um, I think it's something that I, I really want to look into. Uh, if any of our local listeners have any ideas um about roads and routes and what areas we can do it in we'd certainly be willing to sit down and chat about it maybe for next summer at some point something we've been talking about for years however was a retro car show correct and i use the term retro car because i would i think it would be 1970 to 1999 well it could be anything older too but we're not looking for a 50s a vi- era car actually show. it was a vintage Retro show. So we're looking for vintage cars. Uh, sorry. I'm saying that wrong. We're looking for imported cars. Yes, a vintage import show. Kind so the because there are plenty of shows, I can go to a show every weekend in the summer here and see plenty of American cars. There's right. nothing wrong with that. I enjoy that every now and then. But it's really hard to find a show specifically sometimes that's just inclusive without being mark specific of... Vintage imports. Like, I want to see a bunch of vintage imported cars, 1970 to 1999, in one place. Right. And I don't want to hear doo-wop music. I don't know about the 1970 cutoff, though. I think 
it could be anything until ninety five ish. Okay, is is a good way to go. But that's what I, I, I'm every bit as interested in a 53 MG TD right, okay. as I am right. in a 78 MG But my main thing is I want imported cars. Spilling some beer there. Yeah, I missed my mouth. It got caught by your beard, so you're good? Yes, it did, actually. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that's definitely something we want to talk about. Um, we just need to nut up and do it, I think, because we talked about all these things for a long well, time. Well, we need to, like, discuss with your father, who who's run shows before, what's involved in that. And... Oh, I'm talking about the road rally thing. Oh, yes. Because I really like getting out and driving, and there's a lot of well, stuff from yeah. Western Mass up through Vermont. We need to talk to some of our people that put on TSDs, because some of those roads, even if you're not doing TSDs on them, are fun roads oh, to yeah. drive on. So. Of course. And that's what we want. We just want... Um, an entertaining drive. Yes. I mean, there's a couple of clubs up here that do like the kank, the, the kank, the kank cruises, which is not a fun driving road. I don't think, uh, it's not because it's too busy. It's, it's, well, the, it's too busy and it's too wide and it's too open. It's of a, the it, road that everybody goes to. Yeah. It's the tourist road. So there is other stuff other around roads there in the white mountain area. That would be better. Or some of the roads that we know from driving around up at the New England forest rally every year. Yes. Anyway, too much time on this question. Thanks for that, Steve. <laughs> Uh, any other questions on Facebook? No. I thought there was one more. But now we've talked about it, so we have to do it. What's that? The rally. Yeah, well, I, have to, yeah. I think we talked about it before. Um, Throttle by Cable yeah. on Auto Off Topic's Instagram page yep. says, Auto Off Topic has been put in charge of creating a rally stop in the U.S. for WRC, someplace they seem to sadly not be interested in going to. Uh, WRC, that is. What state, tarmac, gravel, dirt, combination... Dream stages, couple day event, or mechanical endurance event. This kind of goes into the same thing we just talked about. <laughs> sort of, but... Um, Full-on competition versus spirited drive. I mean, I would like to see if if they could get the permissions to use the roads. There are plenty of roads between New Hampshire and Maine that have been used over the years for the Maine Forest Rally and now New England Forest Rally. Mm-hmm. That would be excellent WRC stages. Yeah, they're very similar to WRC stages. However, it is yeah, the, it's people have said it is reminiscent of Finland without the yumps. jumps. Yeah, yeah, the yumps. Um, it's incredibly difficult to get permission, and that's t- it, they, but they're doing it every year for, yeah, yeah. and they could run the event piggyback with the same weekend. Yep, yeah. so that wouldn't be an issue because there aren't you know that many top level WRC teams. And the ones that would come over would just run before the U- U.S. rally teams would run. I'd love to see a like a street stage somewhere. I don't know where you'd do it in a major city up there. Probably, well, we couldn't do it in a major city. But. Well, probably like they did one one time in the middle of Errol. Mm-hmm. In the spectator stage. In like the demolished like mill area that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was really cool. But... Um, they but, could, they, but they also have, in New York, has Black River Stages, which is the street stages. No, it's not. No? No. It's all dirt. So where are the, where are the street stages in New York? What, what was that? That was ESPR. Uh, uh, ESPR when it was tarmac. Okay. And people are annoying and don't want it in their backyard. So Well, you want to get away from the U.S. a little bit into Canada, and you have the New, the Targa Newfoundland, which uh, is all public streets. You could probably pull off a WRC event in Canada very easily because yeah. they are totally down with the rally. So. Yep. Because they're way more European than we are. Yep. But, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to see the New England Forest Rally, because it's our local event, 
Um, and because it's a good event, it would be cool to see that in a national stage. Um, I mean, they already get pretty good coverage with the Subaru teams and, you know, um, uh, the Ken Block team and the David Higgins team um, get pretty good coverage already. Yep. But it'd be cool to see, like, full-on WRC up there. Not that we could even watch it anywhere if they did it because there's no place around here to watch WRC coverage on television. So That's true. All right. Uh, Yeti Overland. This question is probably due to your recent issues with your 99 Montero, yeah, we'll which we've established is not that problem. But yeah. uh, his question is, are Mitsubishis known for their fuel pump longevity? Mostly. Honestly, I would say yes. I've only had one go bad, actually. Right, because it wasn't the problem in the 99. Yeah, we'll get there. And the one that did go bad in the vehicle has 249,000 miles on it. So yep. it wasn't like it was a problem that wasn't anticipated at some point. Um, the only times you really see people going through fuel pumps in Mitsubishi's is when they build hot rod drag cars and have aftermarket pumps. Mm-hmm. Yeti Overland's second question. Is it bad that I really want a first-gen Impreza Outback Sport for a daily driver? No. It's not, actually. Uh, friend of the show. Are you moving to Vermont? Yeah. <laughs> Um, friend of the show who we've talked about his Forester XT. We did the valves on that um, for years. Daily day Outback Sport, a 99. I'm going to get the year wrong. He's going to yell at me. Yeah. No, it was a 98. 98. Well, it was a GC body style Impreza. Yeah. Outback Sport with the 2.2 out of 5 speed. Which we figured out that's where my STI muffler went. Yes, it is. I gave it to him. <laughs> I couldn't remember, but Brad remembered. And he had it welded on. And it did sound pretty cool. Yes, it did. And that was like seven years ago. So I regret nothing in giving it to him. Um, so, no, it's not a problem at all. They're good cars. They're fun cars. They're definitely slow car fast. Um, they're enjoyable to drive. Once you get them moving, they're not certainly quick by any means off the line because they're not very torquey. Um, but once they're rolling and they're, they're fun cars to drive around with. And I think we just lost signal because I can't hear anything. Are we good? No, we're good. The recorder's still going. Okay. Just the headphones popped out. Okay, good. The dog's tail just knocked everything off the table. Ollie, come over here, please. Because he's trying Ollie. to lay on the headphone wire. Ollie, come here. Ollie, hey. No, we're fine. All right, I just moved him anyway. We're good now. He pulled the headphone wire, and it pulled the Tec- splitter Technical with all the difficulties when you invite the dog to the podcast day. That's, That's okay. You're, you're okay, Ollie. No worries. We're good. So last week... What did I do? (laughs) Man, what a week that was, huh? Yes, it was. Um, We tried to record from the road. To no fault of mine. (laughs) No, we tried to record from the road, but uh, I forgot the dead cat for the recorder. Which is the furry thing that goes on top of the microphones. (laughs) Not an actual dead cat. For those not in the podcast slash audio world. Um. And I forgot headphones, so the audio was crap because we were riding in Brad's truck. My diesel truck, which is not quiet. Which in itself is a project update. It is. We were riding in the truck. Last um, last we spoke, uh, we'll get to it when we get project updates. It's fine. Yeah. So why were we riding in the truck was because we had to borrow a trailer. Why from, did we have to borrow a trailer? Yeah. And... Uh, well, the 99 Montero decided it no longer wanted to run after being parked in Vermont for an entire day. Um, 
threw a fit. It was like, I like Vermont. I don't want to go home. Yeah. So there's more to this, but... Uh, That'll be a Project Care update. Yeah. We were... My wife and I met Jordan in Vermont at Okemo. They were doing... NERSCCA was running a rally cross there. So I was going to drive Jordan's car. And uh, we headed up to hang out with him. So we unloaded the truck. I... Parched it off to the side of the lot where we're running the Rallycross and left it all day. We, of course, had an amazing time because Rallycross is a total blast. We got eight runs in. Uh, it was super hot, super dry, dusty. STI ran great. All the organizers, everybody worked together. We had like 70, 75 drivers in a really small lot. Which is crazy. And we all got eight runs. So everybody did their part. And it was really awesome. So we, and then Jordan and I were like out of 16 drivers in mod four, mod all wheel drive rather. We were seventh and eighth. Dead, dead mid pack. Yep. Right in the mid pack. Um, Jordan murdered seven cones. <laughs> and Wait, I did I'm not. a blast, man. I did not. Um, but we, um, oh. So it was basically the all-wheel drive cars were the Subaru classes, except for a Evo and a Galant VR4, which was pretty cool because the Galant VR4 won stock all-wheel drive. So there's that at least. Right. Mitsubishi, Reign Supreme, and stock all-wheel drive. And actually, uh, Warren Elliott may have, I can't remember if he came in first. When I asked you before, prepared, I believe closer he did. to then, you said he did. So in the prepared all-wheel drive class, another Mitsubishi one, yeah. Warren in his Evo 8. I believe, yeah. So uh, we wrap up the day. I go to get the truck to load our stuff back up, and it won't start. Kind of like it was flooded, which is odd. Uh, it would just crank and crank and stumble and wouldn't fire. So this goes on for a bit. I check what I can, but we're supposed to go camp at Killington, which is like a half hour away. And we we're going to meet Jordan. Well, Jordan was with us. We we're going to meet his girlfriend and their other friend, who were racing in a mountain bike enduro, which was pretty cool because I wanted to go see that and I wanted to shoot it for pictures because I'd never done that before because it's basically a rally but with mountain bikes. And you apparently you do different stages and stuff. It's just like a stage rally but yeah. bicycles instead of cars. You like clock in with like a transporter and then you run your time. And then you clock out when you're finished, and then say transponder. Transponder. It's not a transporter. I say transporter. Yeah, yeah Jason, we're Statham just, was, Jason, we're, Jason Statham is not involved. We were just talking about trans, <laughs> Volkswagen transporters, so that's where that came from. Anyway, uh, I did what I can. We tried to check stuff. I didn't have the tool to pop the plastic high-pressure line off to make sure there's fuel coming out. It seemed to be a dead fuel pump or, like, whatever. Let's just get to camp. They came and got us with another vehicle. We loaded up what we could in the STI and then the other Jeep and drove back to Killington to camp, which was a five-speed XJ, which is pretty cool. So then, uh, oh, but while we're waiting for them to show up, I called you, Brad, just to, like, check in and, like, say what was going on. Right. Any ideas, right? Because that's what we do. And uh, I'm on the phone, and Jordan and Stephanie are standing there, and this dude rolls up in an El Camino. And I, you know, it's got to be a good time when El Camino rolls. It was up. like an El Camino with like a super loud exhaust, right? And had the had the Chevelle nose, the dual headlights, 
So what is that, like an 84 or something you said? Square headlights, you felt Square. Yeah, so a Malibu nose. Yeah, Malibu. Right. Um, yeah, it'd be like an 83, 84, 85, 86. So he pulls into the dirt parking lot that everybody's left already because the, the like rope was still down to block it off and just rips like two or three donuts. Like, we're like, all right. And then like as he's leaving. sound like a dirt bike, Andrew. Yeah, well, whatever. I, <laughs> Don't you, even try. You get it. You, you get it. This is an Andrew's, uh, you know, uh, sound effect hour. So he rips these donuts and then leaves the parking lot sideways in the pavement. And just as a burnout down the street. Just as a burnout down the street away from us. Now, I'm on the phone the whole time. All I can hear is this small block Chevy just bouncing off high revs, dirt flying everywhere. And the three of them laughing hysterically in the background. I, like, I can't even be mad yeah. because it was just so freaking cool. Like yeah. I don't know why it was just after a long day. I was like, man, that dude was like, these guys look really down. I'm gonna lay some donuts. Yeah. And backstory to the back backstory to the story, Andrew hates El Caminos. Um <laughs> And he gained a newfound appreciation for El Camino. I don't hate that El Camino or that guy. That Let's just say not all heroes wear capes. Yes. Some drive El Caminos. Um, and I love El Caminos and the fact that I even owned one back in the day. Uh, Andrew continues to make fun of me for all the time. So Never left your driveway, but. Well, it's true. Most of my, well, much like today, 20 years ago, cars didn't leave my driveway either. So some things haven't changed. So whatever, we go back, we camp. Jordan and I get up, go back Sunday morning. I bought a fuel pump. I bought some plastic line tools. I pop up the line. There's fuel pushing out. I'm like, all right, cool. That's annoying. I pull a plug and we use this thick wire and we check for spark. It's got spark, just not firing. Went and grabbed a new battery because I thought maybe sometimes you can get a battery. It'll have enough amps to turn the engine over, but it won't fire because it was an old battery. And the positive terminal is real shitty, too, so I replaced that. And, of course, it didn't work, so nothing. I was like, all right. Uh, We left the truck and went home to Massachusetts. Leaving the truck on the side of the road in Vermont. Yeah. Conveniently enough, about 25 feet from a gas station. Yeah. Sorry, not a gas station. A uh, gas station. A police station. I I didn't even realize the police station was over the hill. I never walked over the hill. So, whatever. Uh, I go to work the next day. I rent a U-Haul trailer, uh, and then Brad's like, "I'm gonna, we'll take our, we'll take my truck. I'll get it fixed, the one that they haven't looked at in like two weeks." Right. I decided I'd look at it instead. So what was wrong with it? Oh, we'll get there. That's All project right. car right. update. So I'm almost embarrassed to tell everybody what's wrong. With it, <laughs> so we'll get there eventually. You have to now. So uh, work finishes up. Uh, I meet Brad at my house. Blah blah blah. We go to pick up the trailer. And it's clearly, it's a U-Haul car trailer, so it's clearly a pile of crap. And we plug it in to Brad's truck, which is working perfectly. And none of the running lights work. And the guy's like, oh, I can't leave. No running lights. We're like, well, your trailer's busted. He's like, well, I don't have another one. I don't think it's trailer. I think it's your truck. I'm yeah. like, no, the harness is fine. Yeah. It's definitely not my truck. It's definitely, maybe it's the connector, because I have a seven-pin trailer plug on yeah. my truck. And there's a four-pin trailer plug on the trailer. And I just bought this cheap, like, $8 connector to connect the 7 to 4 pin. And I was like, well, maybe it's a crappy connector. So can I get another one and try it out? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, listen, I was like, if it works, I'll buy it. If it doesn't work, we'll put it back in the package. We'll put it back in the shelf and everything will be fine. Yep. 
So it was a nicer one. So when you plug it into the truck, it lit up red. So you knew the running lights were working yep. in the truck. The second you plugged the four-pin trailer harness into the seven-pin connector, the light went out. Oh, so yeah. not very tough to realize at this point now that there is a short somewhere in the trailer, not causing the light, causing the lights to not work. So Andrew was getting upset, obviously, um, and I was getting upset, obviously. And the guy was just being kind of a pain about it and didn't seem to want to let us fix the trailer. But I was like, listen, the whole thing is already all hooked up and everything is ready to go. And if I can make it work, I want to take this trailer. We've already paid for it. He's like, I can't let you take it. And in my head, I'm like, man, he's not going to be able to stop us. Like, <laughs> the trailer's already hooked up. We already paid for it. If he's not going to give us a refund tonight, we're just going to drive away with this trailer and figure out the wiring somewhere else. But I played with the wiring at the back of the trailer, and if I scraped things together and pushed wires on grounds, I could make the lights come on. It worked once. Right. And then never worked again. So it was obviously a short in it somewhere. Yeah. So I think that if I had some time and some proper um, oh, absolutely. wires, we could have but I wasn't some lines and fixed it. The money it cost to rent you whole trial to fix it myself. I know, but we were there and we were already hooked up and we wanted to go get your car. So right. long, long story short, he didn't have the wiring parts there anyway to fix it. And he wouldn't let us take it. And he gave you a full refund. So that's okay. So, so then I disconnected put, the trailer. So then, just kind of like annoyed, I posted back to the NER Facebook group, so the New England Region SCCA Rallycross Facebook group, that my truck was still there, it was stuck there. And uh, our friend Kathy, who runs the Rallycrosses, one of the organizers, was like, hey, listen, if somebody can help Andrew out, I'll get a free entry to the person that can help him out to a Rallycross. And... Um, then a bunch of people said they wanted help. Yeah. So, which a couple people had said before, but I just I was trying to do it myself, and I figured I could do it myself. So, uh, David Dennis of Dennis Motorsports down in Rhode Island was like, "Hey, I've got a trailer. You guys can come down and grab it." So we quickly messaged him. Blah blah blah. Yep. Our truck. After deciding it was worth it, is now it's like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, he was only like an hour away from us. You know it. Brad's truck was totally up to the task of towing it, so it was already set up for the seven pin, and you had the right balls ball set up for it. Yeah, so. well, it's a regular heavy duty trailer setup. Yep, exactly. So David was, was super nice. We went down and grabbed it. Then we're coming back, and we kind of did the math on time, and we we're like, "Well, it's nearly eleven o'clock, and we're only like halfway through Massachusetts. By the time we get to Vermont." And back, it's going to be like 5 or 6 in the morning. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, it just was too much. So postponed it to the next night. Uh, I was just like super annoyed, so I didn't want to go. Right, and I wanted to get it done. So, yep, because you're an awesome friend. And then my other awesome friend, Jordan, Ditch Hookers, you yep. guys went up there and grabbed it. Yeah, it wasn't that easy, but yes, we did. We didn't just go up there and grab it. It was a process and a half. Yeah. But we got it. You got it. So I appreciate that. And I've already uh, I detailed up the Rallycross SDI. To get dirty again. Hey, whatever. It yeah. needed to be cleaned. Yeah, it did. It was pretty grody. Yeah. It's it's helpful to... It makes you feel a lot better, even if you're going to go get the car dirty again, to start with a clean car. 
Yeah, and you're going to do brakes in my truck. That's right. I've got brakes so. to do in your truck. So. so you are making up to it for us. And you're, you're actually going to do an axle seal in Jordan's Xterra, too. So, Yeah. This thing is costing you more than it would have cost you just to pay somebody to go get it in the end, but it's worth no, it. No, I'd rather do labor than pay out money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, can, I can do manual labor with my hands. It's way cheaper than paying money. Oh, of course. <laughs> so anyway. So the truck is home. Truck is finally home. Yes. And then we had to go two nights later to return the other tra- to turn the trail to Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't too bad though. It wasn't, but for me it was annoying because yeah. it was now the third night in a row I was dealing with your broken yeah, ass yeah. truck. Yeah. So, well, it happens. It's all done now. Yep. Truck sitting in my parents' driveway. Uh, apparently, my dad went out and pulled it. Was able to pull a code on it because I didn't have a code reader on me. Yeah. Uh, and supposedly it has a code for a cam position sensor. Did you order one yet? I did order one. Okay, good. So uh, that brings us to into Project Car Updates. Yeah, it may as well start with your because truck. Because on Saturday when we're done with the other Project Cars that we're doing, we're going to push the Montero onto the lift in case I need to get all of a sudden, it. All of a sudden, I can't be there. <laughs> I didn't know we were pushing anything. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway... The, um, yeah, it's got a code for a cam position sensor, which, you know, you go through the factory service manual. It's like, uh, if this is not working, obviously it needs to tell from the position sensor and the crank sensor because OBD2, yep. it needs to know where the pistons are in their yeah, rotation. The, the cam position sensor is what tells it that. So it knows yep. what, what bank to fire, what plug to fire. Exactly. It's, it senses top dead center. Um, so hopefully it was. It's just a sensor and nothing else. We shall see. I have some theories about other things, but until I know for sure, I don't want to share them. I'll do a whole write up on it if it's what I think it is. We're not sharing the fix to your truck. Yes. Okay. At minimum, it's a campus sensor, but there's something else. I don't want to speculate as to what I think it might be. Is it a big deal? Uh, no, but it's something else. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. It's now, a, now I'm genuinely it's a good it, It's a good learning experience if it's what I think it is. Okay. So. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to find out. All right. Um, other project car news of yours. Uh, I need to do the, I ordered a tail lamp to replace the foggy tail lamp yeah. on the Subaru. I ordered all the gaskets, uh, to do the exhaust. Uh, I used your 89 Montero this weekend. Oh, that's right. Um, it was the Vermont Overland Rally, yes, which is a three-day event uh, involving camping and driving uh, unmaintained Vermont roads. Yes. Uh, class 4 roads, I think they call them Vermont. Yes. And then on top of Class 4, they denote them by color. So they have green, blue, red, and pink are the um, degrees of difficulty. So a green road is easiest blue is more difficult and so on from there um obviously my truck is still broken because it's mine it's just just what it is i don't own cars that run so i used your vehicle and i spent some co-driving duties with our friend joe and we did a couple hundred miles of dirt road um mostly greens and blues so the two of the easier easier ones um, but we did do a couple sections of red in your truck, yeah, um, which was a lot of fun. 
I wish there was more pictures of it. Um, I got a few, but I just I haven't had a chance to edit them because I don't have access to Lightroom on my Chromebook, um, and I don't have any other computers right now. So mm-hmm. I can give you raw files, and you can edit them if you want, actually. That is true. So I can do that for you. Anyway, um, did that. The caveat doing that was I was supposed to change your radiator. Yep. You can come by Saturday and do it. I'm planning on it, yes. Um, I got the radiator. Because I have coolant at the house for that. I got the radiator, uh, which we owe him $40 for it. That's beside the point. So oh. PayPal. He said, he said PayPal me if you find out that it works. Oh. So he's, he's, he thinks it's good, but he doesn't want to have us pay for it, and then there'd be a chance that it's not good because he used right. radiator. So we'll have to do that once we get the radiator in there. Um, well, but nonetheless. Fill it with water first before you put it in. Before you put it in? Yeah, you can fill it with water. No, after you put it in. No, no. Before you put it in the truck, fill it with water. Oh, to see if it leaks. Yeah. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. It's not exactly a pressure test, but you can at least... It would be... I think that was was done already. Any obvious leaks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we have the radiator put in the car because I got up there on Saturday morning, sorry, Friday morning, and it was too late. Everybody was already out doing trails. Just like, let's... It, we drove all the way here. It was fine. We'll just monitor the levels of fluid all day, and we'll do it um, tomorrow morning before we go out on trails. Well, the next morning we woke up, and it was pouring rain out. <laughs> so I wasn't going to change it in the pouring rain. So it didn't get changed up there. But we monitored the levels, so no worries. Made sure that the coolant level never went you know, out of sight in the radiator. Uh, and I never put the cap on the radiator fully, so it didn't fully pressurize either. So when it's not fully pressurized, it really doesn't leak out. So that's a good thing. Um so you have to do that. But if you're in New England and you're into any kind of off-road driving, Vermont Overland Rally is an amazing time. Really is. Um, the camping was great. The people were great. All the stuff that was going on there was great. All the sponsors had tons of raffle prizes. Um, there's food. There's beer. I mean, it's just a good time. It's just a big party in this guy's front yard, essentially. And he gives you all these maps, which are public knowledge maps. Um but he has them laid out in such a way that you can go out exploring and never wonder where you are or wonder about getting lost. And he has all kinds of little interesting facts about where you're driving past as you're driving past there. Um, so Vermont Overland okay. Rally, they hold it every year in September. Totally worth going. Um, I cannot wait now for next year. But I have some maps so we can actually go up. Oh, we can. And we've done, we've done some of the roads before. Absolutely. Um, and part of what you're paying for with the event is... The guy opens up his front yard yep. to camping, and he has porta potties, and he has a dumpster, and he's all these, like I said, these vendors with food, and it's just, it's just a, it's a really well run event. It's a really good time. If you like off roading, it's the way to go. I enjoyed it immensely. Now, and I can't wait to go every year. So, but anyway, so yeah, more project car updates. I have to fix your truck. I have the part. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, that's why Jordan's truck needs an axle seal. So yes, because he broke it up there. Well, well, I seem to think that they probably they the, probably nicked it. They, the axle the people that install the axles in Colorado probably nicked it by accident. Yeah, more than likely. So because they don't just go bad like that, especially on a fairly new truck. No, yeah. well, I've anyway. got a lot of miles on it now. Um, so project updates on my end. I worked on everything, kind of. Um, I talked about this on the podcast in the truck that is now the lost episode. Because we have the bad audio. I threw it out the window as we were driving yes. around. Um, my Sapporo has been broken for a long time. Finally got around to jacking it up. Uh, it leaked transmission fluid all over the exhaust and made a big smoky mess. And I wanted to see where it was coming from. 
hoping that it was something simple. Um, I pulled one bolt off the inspection cover where the flywheel is um, and got covered in transmission fluid because <laughs> it's all pooled up in the bottom of the bell housing. So that means, obviously, the input shaft seal on the transmission is bad, which requires taking the transmission out sure. and doing that whole stupid thing. So that car still sits. Uh, the 1980 Colt, I can get to run and idle, uh, which is better than where it was before. Um, however, every time I put the car in gear, it's an automatic transmission, yeah. the car dies. The torque converter locked up? You know... I didn't think about that. It'll roll like a foot and it'll die. If if I drop it in gear with my foot off the brake, it'll roll like a foot and then die. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe. Could that be something that if it's low on fluid would happen? No, the torque converter might just be locked up. Wonderful. Another transition that has to come out. <laughs> um, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> hey, Ollie, stop. Uh, I don't. I don't know, but... Because I, I can get it to run, it idles, it revs through the you know the whole rev range while free revving, but I can't get it to move. Um, so that's another unsuccessful project car update. Mm-hmm. The successful one is the Silverado. Um, I'm embarrassed to tell the story on the air because I'm not happy with myself. Um, problem with the truck was it just would stop starting it would crank 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 and not start and my in my head diagnostics what well, the diagnostic was it had a problem with the amount of power while starting and it had enough to crank over but not enough to crank over and fire the injectors so i assumed the worst and it had an electrical issue somewhere now if you remember that's the truck that i had to change the alternator on the side of the road in south carolina so I figured maybe something to do with the cheap AutoZone alternator had gone bad. And I was just frustrated, and I said, you know what? I'm going to let the professionals look at it because I don't feel like dealing with it. So it turns out I was half right. Um, it was the fact that there was enough power to crank over, but not enough power to fire the injectors. Mm-hmm. But the reason that was happening was because the positive terminal on the battery was loose. <laughs> so in my... Thinking of what was wrong with the vehicle, I overthought the whole process and never even looked at it. Yep. So thankfully, they never brought it into the shop that I work at to look at what, it. to make fun of you? Right. And I managed to figure it out without them, so they don't they don't even know what happened. They just know that my broken truck one day was running and left. So whatever. It was something stupid. Never overlook the simple stuff. You know, nope. you, you just, you, you you automatically go to the worst place in your brain and you say, man, this is going to be expensive. Something stupid is broken. And it winds up just being that. And I know when I did it because I put the battery in on the side, sorry, I put the alternator in the side of the road. I was super annoyed. I was rushing right through it. I probably never torqued it down right. And it just slowly worked itself further loose over the months since I did that and mm-hmm. got to the point where it just wasn't connected enough to do anything. And the reason I noticed it is because the battery was dead, and I put the jumper cables on it to charge it. And when I took the cable off after it was charged, I noticed that the whole bolt moved um, when I took it off. So it's like, oh, that can't be it. In my head, I was like, I hope it's not it. That's embarrassing. But I hope it is it because it's cheap. Well, <laughs> And it wound up being it. No, truck runs great. Fires up. 
no problem at all. Runs like a fairly new Chevy truck should. Yeah. So those are my project car updates. I think that about wraps it up. You think so? Yep. All right, excellent. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. Calling that a podcast. We'll call it that. I like it. You could find me on Instagram at Race and Anger. You can follow the podcast, Auto Off Topic, on, on Instagram. On Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. You can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Uh, what else? Anything else? How about you? Uh, you can find my personal Instagram at TSISS350. Uh, you can find the Vintage Imports Instagram at Vintage Imports of New England, uh, also on Facebook. And that's it. As always, thanks for listening, and keep your cars analog. 